Oh, Troy, I see you have some Ant-Man merch there. Wow, must have must have cost you quite a bit. Well, I think that is nothing compared to the Ant-Man merch that I have. Did you expect that? Huh? What, I, wait, I, what, what Ant-Man merch is it? I don't see it. I, you're very... All right, you ready for this? This better In be good. In my palm, I hold the entire quantum realm. See that? Look at it. It's a bit small. But you really, can, it's there. I really, really, I, I hoped you weren't going to do that joke, and you still did cost, it. <laughs> cost me 40 quid, this. Audio listeners, he's holding out his empty palm. Get it? Because the Codson Realm's re- really small. It's quite small. It's, it's really small. I hate yeah. everything. Let's get this over with. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Hello and welcome back to Who Shrunk, an Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania podcast, a show where two YouTubers get together and talk about the smallest superhero in all of time and space, Ant-Man. I'm your host, Troy Austin, as we're actually live trying not to laugh at my own joke because I can see Crispy struggling. Who's my co-host, Crispy Pro? How are you doing there, buddy? I'm, I'm great. I'm shocked at how well you did that intro. That was very well done, Troy. Yeah, definitely, very well definitely done. How are you? I uh, definitely did it on the first, first try. First try, absolutely. Yes. I'm good, man. I'm good. You know, I'm desperate to talk about the last was episode six, but that's a different special episode. That's, that's a separate episode entirely. Is that th- at least three weeks ago? Uh, three yeah. weeks to go? Three weeks to go Not until ago. that happens, yeah. yeah. Because there's three more episodes. Crikey. Well, four more for you Crikey. because you haven't watched episode six yet. Shh, spoilers. Can't believe that Shrek showed up. No! Don't say <laughs> that! Well, you spoiled that for me last time, so there we go. But yeah, so I thought we'd do, we'd do a little special episode because we haven't done one since... I, I don't actually know. When did the Wakanda one come Wakanda. out? Remember? Wakanda in November, three months ago, mate. Three months ago. Oh, thank goodness Marvel are spacing these things out. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Talk about the Marvels. Anyway, um, so, yeah. Oh, stop it. Why do you have to rub that in immediately? You know that's a sensitive subject. How I know, many, right, I know. Going off topic immediately, how many times has As the Marvels actually been delayed? I need to know. I think it's been like four times now. It's going to break yeah. my heart. How many times well, do you think? Well, look, give them more time. Finish the visuals, you know, get rid of the scenes that don't matter, include the scenes that do. It could be a good thing, Troy. <laughs> it's been moved four times. Nothing compared to Morbius. Did you see how many times that got moved? That got moved three or four times as well, to be fair. That was way, way more than four. I'm pretty sure it was five or six times that got moved. Okay, all right, all right, all right, all right. Yeah, welcome to the Ant-Man podcast, where we look at Morbius and the Marvel release dates. Um, let's see. Morbius was released on April 1st, 2022, originally set for July 2020, then moved three weeks later, then to March 2021, then to October 2021, then to January 2022 before moving to January 28th, and then March. So it was moved six times, but two of them were just by a few weeks. So four big moves and two small moves. So it's technically still Marvels, but that's crazy. But yeah, so the Marvels was meant to release (laughs) first off on July 8th, 2022, then November 11th, 2022. Then February 17th, 2023, where Quantum Mania now released. Then July 28th, 2023, and now November 10th, 2023. So, yeah. you know, I, I, it's, clearly a, it's clearly just sexism because it's the first all-female team-up <laughs> superhero film and they keep moving it and I don't appreciate it. No, seriously. Um, and there's yeah, they are trying to pace clip. things out. It's an interesting conversation for a bit later on, I think, maybe. But right now, yeah, for sure. we, should, we should focus on this film for the pops that I have behind me. You know, because focus I can't on the little guy, huh? Focus on the lookout for the little guy. Which, by the way, did you actually know that book is a real book? 
No, it's not. That's is the, it? That's the first thing we're going to talk about, yes, because I feel like some people also haven't seen this. So this is going to be a full spoilers episode for Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania. Yeah. We will go into spoilers in a minute, so you want to hear our general thoughts, we'll give them first so you can hear those and then mo- move on if you want to. But I will just say, it's not a huge spoiler. At the start of the film, Ant-Man's promoting this book he's written, or Scott Lang's written, called Look Out for the Little Guy. And they did a video mm-hmm. about two or three months ago on Marvel's YouTube channel, two or three weeks, sorry, saying that they actually made the book into a real thing as if it was written by Scott Lang, and you can pre-order it on Amazon, and I have. It doesn't release it's, till like oh, so September it's, or something, but yeah, it's it's oh, a real it's so thing. Far away. Yeah. Well, that's pretty wild, though. What if they just said that by accident, and then everyone's like, "Oh, that's so cool," and they're like, "Okay, we'll just put the pre-order date, and we'll give ourselves a couple months to, yeah. to get it together." Yeah. Let me let me let me check when it comes out. Let me check when it comes out. And while I do, crispy. Let's give our yeah. overall thoughts for the people who haven't seen the film yet, because by the time this comes out, the film will have only been out for five days. So we're a bit, a bit more finger on yeah. the pulse this time. So I'm, I'm proud yeah, of us. Yeah, definitely. I'm proud of us. Definitely. So what did you think of Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania? And the book releases Tuesday, 5th of September, 2023. So yeah, there's oh, a while off. Mm. Um, Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania. What a, a fun time that was. I went to the red carpet premiere, as I do for these kinds of things. Troy always says, oh, you know, make sure make sure you see the film. Make sure you see the film. I was like, oh, you know, I'll see it. I'll see it. I'll see it. Boom. I see it a couple days early on the red carpet with a, with a beer in hand, having a grand old time. Um, but the actual film itself, I think I texted this to you, Troy. I was like, that first half, I couldn't fault it. I was having so much fun. I was loving... Loving the quantum realm, loving the world building they were doing. I was laughing. I was like, oh, yeah, this is, this is a fun time. Kang's threatening as heck. I love what they're doing. And about the second half, I think it, it lets itself down a little bit. It's still a fun time overall. But I, th- I think if it kept up the consistency of that first half for me, it would probably be up there in my like top five MCU. But I think it definitely dropped the ball down the bottom there. But it's Troy, so interesting because I have the complete opposite view. You are joking. I really liked what? the first half. But the interesting mm-hmm. thing about this film, and again, I'm trying to not to dice into spoilers before we go into things, but I don't... I, I is, it, is it weird that I felt this film didn't follow like a traditional three-act structure? Because like... Uh, elaborate. I can't... Do you know what? We'll just go into spoilers. Um, but I will say, I, I also really like the film and I can't recommend it um, enough. I would give it... What would you give it out of 10 before I get into it? Like, I'm thinking about uh, an 8? 7 or 8? I'm going to go... A 6.5. Oh, wow. The second half really let you down, huh? It really let me down. It let wow. me down. You, the way you worded it, it was kind of like, second half wasn't quite as good, but it was still fun overall. And I was like, okay, maybe I'll give it a 7 or an 8. But no, 6.5. No. Right. Well, it's just below a 7. I think... Yeah, but um, but yeah, no. The, the, well, to go straight into spoilers, then I don't feel like the structure of the film was typical three act because you know they're in the quantum realm relatively quickly, but they spend a lot of time building up to Kang even showing up. You know, they don't even mm. mention his name for like the first forty fifty minutes. It's always the Conqueror. You know, I actually know he's True. Kang for ages. And I thought the main plot of the movie, like the act two, would all be Scott helping Kang. Act one would be them getting into the quantum realm, then meeting Kang. Act two would be him helping Kang. Act three betrays him, they have a fight, Ant-Man wins, or dies, as everyone yeah. else was trying to suggest. That was it. But the section of him helping Kang, that must have been done inside of 10 minutes, right? Where like, they actually had the, the heist of the... The heist of the, the, the ship core, yeah. Mm, yeah, that was that was over pretty quickly, and I, I, I agree with you there. I thought that's where the film was going. We'd spend a bit more time with that, build the relationship between mm. Kang and Lang. Um, Kang and Lang, nice, nice. Kang and Lang. But uh, alas, yeah, that, that bit was over relatively quickly. And then we had this third act that I really was not a fan of. But 
there you go. It's crazy. This is honestly crazy. No, so like that's it, cool. It felt Makes different. A good it felt different, mm-hmm. but I really liked it because it, it felt like it, like I didn't really know where it was going. So I thought, where where? I know Scott has like a deal with Kang. I've seen it in the trailer. Because by the way, that second trailer that really did spoil a lot. Like I was yes. quite quite surprised by how much of the game it gave away. I don't I don't dislike it for that. Just remember, because like I've said, that I love watching Blind Wave, and you know if they've literally had to tweet out and go, we've been told not to watch the Quantumania trailer because of spoilers, we're just going to watch the film. It's like, yeah, maybe they really have oh. pushed it a bit, a bit much. But it was a great trailer, don't get me wrong. Um, plus, everyone was already making jokes. You know, they saw that one photo of Jonathan Majors topless. I think it was on the set of Creed. Yeah. And they were like, wow, Ant-Man doesn't stand a chance. He, you know, Scott's no. getting crushed under his boot. So Absolutely. like they played it up in the trailer because everyone was thinking it anyway. You know, Kang the Conqueror versus Ant-Man. How's that going to work? But... Mm. I really, really liked it because they actually made it look like Scott could semi-hold his own against Kang, which oh, yeah. is no mean feat. That that bit was legendary. I loved all that choreography, and I feel like Marvel, by now, I feel like they've established, like, yes, Ant-Man and everything. It's a little bit goofy. The whole thing's a little bit goofy, but they, they play it off so well. The action sequences are very, very cool. And yeah, and you see Kang absolutely... Like obliterate, um, you know, Scott Lang. Boom, boom. You're like, he's not going to win this fight, but spoilers, he, he he does in the end. But it's a very convincing fight. That I I loved that bit. I absolutely loved that bit. It was everything that was happening outside of that that I was really not that big a fan of. So what, like the Modok stuff? No, Modok. I was fine. Modok was a bit of comic relief. That was hilarious. <laughs> I kind of wish I didn't know. That he was going to be in there because I like the. Have you watched the animated series on Disney? Which one? The uh, I don't know. I didn't Avengers know. Avengers Earth Mightiest Heroes. No, the the Modok show. Oh, the, the actual. Mo- oh no, no, I haven't. Oh, I I find that I find that quite funny. I was like, oh, this will this will be fun. And yeah, I thought I thought Modok's inclusion was fine. He died. Spoilers. <laughs> so, um, spoilers. No, I. But- it's tough because I, like I said, I watched that Avengers Earth Mightiest Heroes, which is also on Disney Plus. But I don't know whether you okay. watch it now. But like that's how I know about Kang. It's how I knew about Modok. It's why I want Secret Invasion to be like, like wants it to be the next big thing for Marvel. Like a lot yeah. of what I got from Marvel as a kid was from that show. That was like my bit first big interaction with it before the MCU. So, like I knew who Modok was going into it. I think they handled him really well. Although I wonder if in the second half of the film it was played a bit too much of a joke about it being Darren and like you know that he was you mm. know. Um, a Clever Dick Films, shall we say? A Clever Dick Films. Um, yeah, nice. I was trying to figure out how you were going to say that. Yeah, yeah good. And that, that bit, I liked it, but it also, I wasn't sure if I liked that they spent a lot of time on that. But the problem is with the MCU, and I think it's what people forget sometimes, there's only so many shows and films they can do, and as a result, there's only, only so many villains that you can have that will take the forefront of the show. So sometimes you're yeah. going to get a villain that you might think deserves more screen time that just appears and isn't as big. Like, that will yeah. happen, and it's happened before, and it will no doubt happen again, you know? And yeah. Modoc is just a victim of that, but I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing because, you know, I was dead excited seeing him show up. Like, just the whole section of him, like, just destroying everything was really, really good, and they did a really good job yeah. of showing him. Didn't need to see his bare backside, but that's beside the point. Um, that, that was hilarious. <laughs> that was some Deadpool nonsense. I have to say, and not just of Modoc, but I think the CGI in this film was really, really strong. Is that just me? Uh, no, it's not. I I enjoyed I enjoyed a lot of the sequences in this film. I really enjoyed the the heist sequence with all of the Scott Langs. Mm. I love the trippy visuals and that. You know, I I'm a sucker for those. You know, Doctor Strange esque uh, 
trippy visuals. I love that. And I thought, I thought they made the Quantum Realm look great. I thought some of the creature design was brilliant. Character design was brilliant. Um, so, no, I think, I think it is a visually striking film. Absolutely. I thought, I thought it looked great. I loved the way that Kang looked. I thought they made him look really, really good, especially with the blue or without the blue. Yeah. Do you not oh, like the way Kang looked? Just yeah, The way Kang looked was so good. It was so, oh, so good. Brill. It was so good, man. I just... Well, no, because just sticking with the CGI, and obviously that I'm not someone who's had a big problem with the CGI in recent years. There's a lot of people who, who freak out when they realise one shot had a green screen behind it, or blah, blah, blah. There's a couple mm-hmm. of shots I know in Doctor Strange people have picked out, in Doctor Strange 2, sorry. They're a bit yes. wonky, and having seen them again, I'm like, okay, fine, I get it. I get it. But most of the time, I don't have a, as big of an issue with, with the CGI as other people do. However, I will say in this film, I noticed how good it was. And I was like comparatively yeah they've done mm. a really good job of portraying like the quantum realm and that kind of stuff and just the visuals of it was were really 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 strong but kang baby yeah oh oh, oh. my gosh gotta talk good about villain. Kang for a little bit he's great villain i i Jonathan knowing Majors, that he was any cast, day of the week because i mean when was he announced as being cast as kang like years a, ago a now, while ago right like a it's been a while, while we knew a while before before even loki because that's why some mm. people starts to guess that he might have popped up at the end of loki and lo and behold he did yeah but i just like I said, Kang was a, was a pretty big villain in the in the Avengers Earth Mightiest Heroes. He wasn't like you know a big season finale one, but he was one that popped up quite a few times. I had a bit of an idea of what he was like. He's obviously got blue skin in that, and I think he's got blue skin just generally. Yeah. So they've tried to incorporate that into the film without having to make Jonathan Majors wear blue skin constantly. Sorry, Karen Gillan. Exactly. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> she didn't get that that privilege, did she? No, she um, did not. But. I love the way they did his little helmet and then therefore like the visor of it is blue to try and make it a bit of a callback to him. But the costume Very is amazing. Clever. But Jonathan oh. Major's performance, like the chills of him <sighs> being like, you're an Avenger, have I killed you before? And it's like a genuine, it's not even like a little bit of a joke. He's like, I genuinely don't even know, mate. I've killed so many Avengers. Like, are you one of them? You, you could well be. I'm going to blooming close. Like, that, like, it was such like a nonchalant but really threatening way to ask the question. I was well, like, it was very, oh. it's very genuine. Yeah. Like, the, the, man, the man doesn't, care he's just he's he's lived quite the life many Mm. many a life um and that's just that's just the way he is and it's very eerie hearing hearing the way he like portrays himself and delivers those lines i mean they couldn't have cast it better in my opinion they absolutely couldn't he's he's a phenomenal casting and his performance is just it's top tier but the thing is we knew this i I think that's what's so good we knew this from loki so like i knew going into this film there was no doubt in my mind as to how good he would be as kang because we'd already seen him do he who remains which is like this kind of Mm. you know older kang that had lived through everything and had settled as like a A like a big big ruler who was still a bad Mm. guy but was like you know more of a just someone who looked over everything so like i I was excited to see a bit more of an unhinged warrior type kang and Mm. his performance was just it was easy the best thing it's you know some of the critics are really bashing on this film some people are saying it's really good i think this one I've said this before, Rotten Tomato scores, and to me, are nothing more than just an interesting metric. The way that people use it to judge their own opinions of the film, I think, is stupid. It's like people who watch um, Anthony Fantano Needle Drop, and like, you know, have you ever seen yeah. those clips <laughs> where like he's in his live stream, like listening to a new a new song, and everyone in the chat's going, "Oh, this song's really good. I really like it." And then Anthony goes, "It's not very good." And then all of a sudden, the entire chat goes, "Yeah, this song mid as hell. I hate this song." Blah blah yeah. blah. <laughs> and it's like just have your own everyone opinion, man. It. It, it's the same yeah. kind of thing with this. You see people go. Wow, Rotten Tomatoes, Quantumania, really, the ratings are not are not good, therefore film bad. And it's like, watch yourself. Get get an opinion. Then 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 go from yeah. there. Then go from there. But interestingly enough, let me check the scores, because I believe there's a massive gap between audience and critic. I yeah. think it's forty nine or eighty four or something. It's forty seven percent critic score, eighty four percent audience score. 
So, intriguing. Let's see what the critics' consensus is on, on Rotten Tomatoes out of interest. Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania mostly lacks the spark of fun that elevated earlier adventures, but Jonathan Majors Kang is a thrilling villain poised to alter the course of the MCU. Fair enough. So basically, film bad, Kang good. Yeah. <laughs> I've heard that a lot in many different forms. Yeah, the thing I will say is, as an Ant-Man film... I don't think it quite has the same vibe as the previous two for a couple of reasons. No. I mean, the three ex-cons are not there. T.I., David Desmalchian, and um, Michael Peña, Luis. I, like, I mm. was very upset that we didn't get another one of Luis's, like, I'm going to talk very quickly, dubbing over everyone else scenes. And then the, the drums. Yeah, and the drums. Like, I'm sad we missed out on that. Although David Desmalchian yeah. was in the film. He was the he voiced the guy who was like, I have no holes. You know? Yeah, so hilarious. He Great gets gag yeah, as well. I liked that that gag. That was good. I love that scene of him going, "How many holes has he got? Seven. And then, like, he literally sits there and counts them and goes, "Yeah, yeah that's right. I've got seven. Yeah. Like, that was yeah. that's a great yeah, that little was, scene. That was, yeah, because you would do the same. You're like, wait. Yeah, yeah. I'm not explaining what holes. Um, he's a dude. You <laughs> no. can work it out. Um, but there's definitely someone who didn't clock that now and is like, uh. But oh. there, there was that, and also, like, I did notice there wasn't really an arc for the wasp. Like, it was Ant-Man no. and the Wasp, but it felt like she was way more of a supporting character. Like, it would have been more accurate to have been Ant-Man and Cassie Quantumania. Do you know what I, I mean? They, I honestly think they would have gotten away with calling it Ant-Man Quantumania. Yeah. Like... I don't know why they necessarily felt the need to attach the Wasp. I understand, like, you know, it's the, the comics or whatever, and the Wasp is in the film. But I think the entire plot would have worked just fine if that character had been written out, but there would have been an uproar, but whatever. Yeah, because obviously, you know, if you make the second one Ant-Man the Wasp and then the third one you go back to Ant-Man, they're like, you know. Well, not necessarily. If there was a Hobbs and Shaw and then we just got a Shaw movie, everyone would be like, Shaw, for sure. You know? Different, isn't it? When she was the first, she was the first, there was the first MCU film to come out with with a feminine superhero in the title. True. Okay. She was Valid the first point. feminine in the title, so it would be a bit of a backtrack, possibly. Okay. But also, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. are they really going to afford the time to make a Wasp film, if we're being real here? I'd love to eat my words if, like, six months down the no. line, Kevin Feige goes, the Wasp TV series. But I highly doubt that's a thing they're planning. No, I very much doubt. I think that that whole section's done. It's like the Drax, the Drax situation, right? Dave Batista kept campaigning, yeah. being like, you know, Drax should have his own film. And it's like, much as I love Drax, I don't know if I could watch... It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen anyway. Much as I love Dave Batista, which, by the way... Knock at the Cabin, great film. Very good film. Yeah. David Teaster is great in see that. It. Need to watch it. David Teaster is very good. Um, but like, there's, there's some characters that just won't get their own TV shows and films, so she's in there. But also, there's a big tie-in with her parents, right? With Janet and Hank. Like, Hank didn't yes. have as much to do for a good portion of the film, but I loved him showing up at the end with all the ants. That was a great moment. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. This is what? where you and I differ, my Mate, friend. Mate, come on. This is where you and I differ, my friend. Oh. I was, I could have, I could see that coming from a mile away. Really? And I yes, completely they, forgot. They, they set it up like every now and then he'd be like, oh, I need to check my, I, he, I can hear my little ant friends because they came in the, Shut up, Shut up, in, so the funny. <laughs> in the quantum realm with me. And I, 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 I just didn't, I didn't like the. The end. I did not enjoy the whole ant coming onto the and beating Kang. A bunch of ants beat Kang. I was like, oh, come on. Yeah, but look out for the little guy, man. You know, it's 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 the little guy that wins. It's the underdog. I love that that metaphor. But this is this is especially for my mum, who I know will be listening to this probably on Wednesday afternoon or Thursday morning. Um, my mum lent over to me. We but we didn't watch the first two Ant Man films before Quantumania. We planned to and didn't get time to. 
And I said to him, we should oh, try and do that before we watch them. Rewatch them? Yeah, because I want to I yeah, rewatch them before the film. So I think we'll probably try and yeah. do that before we see it again because I want to watch it in IMAX. Wasn't able to first time around because our IMAX booking got cancelled. So that's fun. Um, oh, weird. But yeah, it was odd. But when <laughs> my mum leant over and she went, Has Michael Douglas got a hearing aid in? And I was like, yeah, I think he does. I think he does. I've been looking at that and I was thinking, we both have clearly completely forgotten that that was the earpiece for him to communicate with ants. So we yes. were like, that's a hearing aid. And then later on, he started like, he was on his, I was like, oh, it's how he's talking to the ants. Like, I've completely forgotten that. And I was like, okay, cool. Then he was like, you know, we got a plan with the ants. And then that went by the wayside in my brain. And then he showed up with all the ants. Hmm. And I was like, oh, that's brilliant. That's a really good little mini arc for Hank. I love that. So yeah, maybe well, not watching the two films previously made me enjoy it more. I don't know. But. I, I don't know, I loved it. I loved Ant-Man showing up as Giant-Man. Like, that's my favourite Giant-Man scene. Yeah, I know everyone great. loves the Civil War airport scene where he goes massive. I think this trumps mm. that. I love, like, the like oh, Kang thinking know, he's man. worn and hearing those footsteps and us being like, is it a giant ant? Like, what's coming? And then it's him stood on the walls it's going him. Kang and then smashing through everything. Like, that's yeah, what I'm saying about, like, doing a good way of putting Scott against Kang, who really should not be able yeah. to, to work his own, like, having a moment like that. And also getting chucked at the giant barrier by Wasp and then going massive. Like, they did some creative stuff with, like, ant giant man, you know, abilities mm. to fight Kang. And they did some really interesting stuff there. So, yeah. You know? No. I, I thought that was I agree. Good, I agree with you on that front. I yeah. agree with you on that front. This is interesting, but, like, because it, it's just like, you why? know, because this is the way you don't like the, the second half as much as you, as I do. And then vice versa, the first half. Not, even, like, not even the se- second half necessarily. I think, it, I think it is the third act. I think it was. Yeah, the moment they introduced the ants, I was like, okay, okay, I know exactly what's going to happen. And then Cassie's like get, getting on the Star Wars intercom being like, come on, everyone, we got to band together and do this. And I was like, all right, come on. I didn't necessarily enjoy Cassie Lang in this film. I will throw that out there. Really? Right now. Yeah. I, I, do, I, do, I don't, she was one of those characters that was very much... Like, I, I'm going to do what I want. I understand that, you know, Scott was a, a criminal, but I don't think they necessarily did put the right things in place to give her, like, a redemption. I, I don't know. Maybe I, I just found her a little bit annoying and her, her attempted redemption, I didn't necessarily feel like it was earned. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe that's a hot take, but I didn't necessarily enjoy that aspect of the film. But I love Michelle Pfeiffer. Do you know what? Do you know what? <laughs> Just throwing do you know, that in like, there. That's the thing. And the one thing I will say is, I'm I'm still not a fan of the way that they recast Cassie. Not necessarily yeah. that they replaced her, because sometimes these things happen. But mm. the actress Emma Emma Furman or Fjorman, I'm not quite sure how you say her surname. She was not told. She found out Cassie had been recast via social media, like everybody else. That's a bit. I'm not a fan of that. I'm not a fan of that. At I'm not all. a fan of that either. So I want to acknowledge that. However, I will say I actually thought that Catherine Newton was fantastic as Cassie. I really liked her energy. I love the idea mm. that she's grown up to be this superhero looking out for people who are dis- disadvantaged the way that like she saw her dad, you know, her world's greatest grandma doing as Ant-Man. And I, and I kind of like, I know it's a bit of a weird arc for Scott that he's gone back to, you know, this isn't our fight to then this is our fight. But I kind of like the idea yeah. that, you know, after Endgame, he's, he's kicked his feet up a little bit. He's like, I've, I've saved the universe, you know, yeah, because I of love me, that. we saved everything. What else can I do? I'm going to, you know, just talk about it and stuff now. And I like that the daughter that he inspired is the person that inspires him back into doing it again. I love that kind of dynamic between the two. And that's why I'm saying I feel like it'd be a much better thing to just be Ant-Man and Cassie Quantumania because I thought yeah. their dynamic worked really, really well. I really, I, I just, I thought her energy was really cool. I think she held her own quite well. She has that kind of sassy nature that Cassie had as a kid. 
Like, the problem mm. is we can't judge Emma's performance from Endgame because literally all she said was dad. Like, I yeah. can't judge how, how she'd have that portrayed any other scene. I, I have no idea, you know? Mm. Um, but There's I thought Catherine point. Newton played her fantastically. Really, really enjoyed her. And I think their dynamic as a father and daughter was really believable. And I love the energy. Yeah, yeah. I think the speech of the intercom was very Star Wars-esque. But to be fair, I think my mum said it to me during the cinema. I saw someone else saying it on Twitter. Like, the movie did have a bit of a Star Wars vibe from, like, the, the alien oh, bar yeah, yeah. all different creatures that's, there that's and not, stuff. Like That wasn't my problem with the, the connection to Star Wars. My problem was just the cliched nature of it and you but you saying that right now has made me realize what my problem was which with was the whole thing because i very much sympathized with scott at the start just wanting to kick his feet up and yeah. not do it i think i'm just a lazy person it's what i want to do when we finish you know a year of the podcast to kick my feet up for a exactly month. exactly so you know when i had this you know cassie yapping away being like no you still gotta do your stuff i'm like for god he's just he's saved the universe let, let him just <laughs> Chill for it. It's your fault we're in the quantum realm right now. Yeah. Um, I think, yeah, I was just, I think I saw a bit of myself in Scott and I just wanted to relax and read books to people. Yeah. I think that's my problem. And I like that the Cassie film. brought him back in. I like, because I know, because like I said, some people have been saying, you know, it's a rep- repetitive arc for Scott. You know, he's more of a selfish person than he becomes a hero. But while it does seem a bit of a callback to the first film, his arc in that, I do think it is a more unique thing. It's not like he's being a selfish person in that state. He's more like, He's a bit like Captain America. He's like, you know, I've earned a bit of time off. I want a bit of time off. And oh, you know, he, he still wants to help people, but in his own way. And he's more mm. interested in looking after Cassie and making sure she uses the powers. Well, you know, he's like, you know, don't use the suit when I'm not around. And she is. And I like the yeah. idea that like they've been working behind his back, you know, hit her, Hank and Yeah, that was Hope, fun. And that moment where he's all like, in, what all in the first doing? half. Loved it. Loved yeah. it, loved it, loved it. But it was it was uh, Hank, the Wasp, and Cassie at the start, right? That, that were, those were the three... Tinkering yeah. away, was it? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I I feel like Hank and... What's what's the Wasp's real... Well, hope. Pr- like, hope. I feel like Hank and Hope, very underutilized in this film. Mm. Those two individuals, absolutely, as we, as we were saying before. I honestly think Hank had more to do than Hope, which is a little bit weird. Considering, yeah, Wasp's yeah, in the title. Yeah, learning to fly the yeah. ship and the, the, the ant section, whereas Hope had... She had a cool moment in the bar fighting everybody that I really liked. That was a cool yes. wasp moment. And then also her sweeping mm. in to save Scott in the, like, the yeah, high section. Nice. But that was really beyond nice. that, there wasn't really much else of note for the wasp, which was a real shame. Because I really liked her in this. You know, mm. I, thought she, I thought she was really good, but we didn't see much of her. And that kind of disappoints me. I, I think what would have fixed the film for me, if it was just was James Michelle Pfeiffer's character, Scott Lang and Cassie going into the quantum realm. I honestly think that is what should have happened. Did you hear what I what? said? What did you say? I knew you didn't. I knew you didn't. You're like the one thing that could have fixed fixed this film, I went was James Corden. Was James Corden? I mean that that's 100 percent Rotten Tomatoes confirmed. Exactly. If that's exactly. the case. If that is the case. But don't. I would have preferred. I would have preferred to have more scenes with Cassie instead of Hank and Hope. Get rid of those two characters and save them until the end when we're all having a beautiful family barbecue with all the heist friends attending as well. Mm. That's my pitch, Marvel. Mm. Give me money. You'd have have a lot of people angry with you about Wasp not being there, though. You'd have a lot of people. Crispy goes to war with Twitter by saying remove the Wasp. Crazy. Yeah. Can't believe you just said that. You're going to get cancelled for that now. Sorry. Sorry about it. Crispy Pro, more like Cancel Pro. Um, But yeah, speaking of, we've got to talk about Michelle Pfeiffer. Because she yeah, right. was brilliant. One she of the highlights so of the film. Good. Yeah. Most most intriguing thing, like they, 
um, in Ant-Man and the Wasp, they said up. She's been in the quantum realm for however long. I love seeing what she's been up to. What would life been like? She was there for, what, 30 years, did we say? Yeah, well, that's the thing. Was remember. she there? Look, this is what confused me, because I know, obviously, time, time works, works differently, differently. In, the quantum, <laughs> in the quantum realm. Yeah. yeah. So it's like, you know, five hours for Scott was five years in the real world, whereas for Janet, was she in the quantum realm for as long as she was gone? Is that what they're trying to say? I don't know. I don't know. I haven't got a blooming clue. But she Maybe was in there for a, a, long, a long ass time. All right? She yeah. was there for a long bloody time, mate, as you would say. So, mm. like, I like seeing a bit more of that. I think, you know, if you'd have asked me to pick one character that I would have never expected to have as good of a rapport with Kang, it would have been Janet Van Dyne. But those two together, exactly. Michelle Pfeiffer oh. and Jonathan Majors, there was some real good stuff between those two. I loved I that. Think- I think those are some of my favorite scenes and the most invested in the film I was because, you know, you you see her help this guy and then she realized, oh no, I'm the problem, it's me. (laughs) No, okay. (laughs) But I I honestly think, I honestly think that dynamic worked so well and you saw her in a conflict and then, you know, she got the opportunity to leave the quantum realm, but she had this guilt behind her. That's a film. That that was the interesting part of the film for me. I don't care about giant ants. That is cinema. But yeah, I, I love that. Absolutely love that. And the performance was great. Absolutely. Mm, yeah. yeah. Performance was f- f- phenomenal. I do obviously buy into the thing that's a bit daffer. It's like, you know, why didn't you tell us about this sooner? And it's like, yeah, of course she wants a bit of a break from it. But if there is something down there, maybe she should have said something. Maybe. And there is a bit uh, of a question about that. I Well, maybe that's just where I related to her more. I would have been like, nah, stuff ya. <laughs> See ya. <laughs> yeah, Bye. no, because she probably presumed in her head that because she got rid of the call that he would never come back yeah. out you know mm. they, 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 and that's why she didn't say someone anything, else's problem it's fair yeah. yeah but that's another thing I love that the idea is that the only person who could have helped Kang there also was Scott you know using Definitely. the pin particle tech to bring the ship call back I love that idea as well and that's really cool that's that's great as well and all happens within the first half well I would have all said the, the good heist stuff. Bit was, was after the first half I would have thought no we'll wait till it's on Disney Plus and we can align it and see exactly where the, the penny the film's dropped. only two hours bro it wasn't like Wakanda Forever where an hour and a half in I was looking at my watch going what's this going um, <laughs> I, I told you that I told you that when Shuri was in yeah. that underwater scene with Namor going around oh, the, that's the, right. the, the that's town right. I, was, yeah, I literally yeah, yeah. looked at my watch and I was like I've been going for a while and I'm not entirely sure where this is going anymore because I, I stand by it and it, it, it's as always the Twitter brigade have gone nuts and gone oh this film was really good now they're all bashing on it but I, from the start I thought it was a good movie but I didn't think it was nearly as good as the first Black Panther I loved mm. the last section. Ironically, like kind of like this, I loved the last section, but the first section I was like, Ugh. but o- as an overall movie experience, I enjoyed Quantumania more than Wakanda Forever, which I know nice. is going to annoy a lot of people. That's <laughs> going to annoy not the case so many people. <laughs> but I just felt the, fir- the first, Wakanda Forever's first half took a while to get going. It took a while. Mm. I think the comedy was quite good in that. I love M'Baku, you bald-headed demon. I love that line. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Well, that's good. I need to rewatch Quantumania and Wakanda Forever, in fairness. But just like coming out of the film, I have more overall to say about how good Quantumania was as opposed to Wakanda Forever. Because it came out with Wakanda wow. Forever crying. I love that final scene with Chadwick, like Chadwick's yeah, son, yeah. supposedly, you know, with, with Prince T'Challa and all that. Like they hit mm. the emotional aspects well. But I just don't know how well I bought into everything else and the build up to it. I don't know. I loved, when, as soon as Shuri became Black Panther, I was hooked. I was loving it. Yeah. But I think it just took a while to get to that point, which I know is the point of the movie, but just... Mm. Which, by mm. the way, did you hear about the original script for Wakanda Forever before Chadwick had passed away? No. I don't remember all of it, but the idea was that he would come back after five years, Nakia hadn't been dusted, and she would have moved on, had a kid with somebody else, 
and then Chabit oh. would have had to then like T'Challa would have then had to try and you know move, step into like being like a, a stepfather kind of role with that kid and like working back in the key and I was like it's interesting but I'm not even yeah, sure how is. much I would have vibed with that idea it's a strange no. one it's a no. strange one it's weird how things work out but I mean I'd take anything if it had brought Chabit back let me tell you yeah true so. Jeez Louise absolutely Anyway, so that was our review of Wakanda Forever. Was, Thank indeed. you, everyone, for listening. Because that's one thing we were talking about. We want to do a Phase 4 like overall ranking. Yes, And we're going to do absolutely. some way... We were thinking about possibly doing it live, a crispy suggestion. So that could be a yeah, fun thing. That could be fun. Yeah, it could that be could fun. be a good shout. Because um, mm. I really want to rank it. And I will I will just straight up say it, be inspired by the Phase Zero podcast, where we do like the list of you know our worst to best Phase 4 things and go up the list like that. I know what if it'd be at the bottom. Spoilers. Um... What, what if it had a better place in the tier list? Spoilers, it doesn't. Spoilers. Um, <laughs> no, no universe. <laughs> so, well, what if it's the only thing that had something in it I don't like? Party Thor. Why does that exist? Get it away from me. Uh, <laughs> although we did get to see Eesh. Captain Marvel being pretty powerful, so I'll take that. I'll, I'll, that's, a, yeah, that's, yeah, a, that's a win for me. For sure, for sure, for sure. For sure, for sure, my friend. For sure. Um, but yeah, so it's interesting because you clearly have more issues with Quantumania than I do. Maybe upon rewatch, I might change my mind. Maybe I will. Maybe upon rewatch, I might change my mind. I think you we will. We don't I, know. I think you're not being positive enough, and I think it's appalling, Crispy. I think it's appalling. No. I, I enjoyed it. I gave it a six and a half. That's still passing with flying colours. But, you know... I don't know about flying colours. A, a nice pass, yeah, but flying colours for 65%. Well, did you see how colourful that film was? That's Those that's are flying colours. film. Lots lot of flying of, colours in that film. Lot of, I really thought you swore for a second then because I like, kind of spoke as you were saying flying colours, and I was like, there's a lot of f- colours. I was like, what? A lot of- Bro! Colors in this I get it. I get film. you passionate, but sheesh. You gotta keep it friendly, friendly, man. What? Good grief. Good grief. Um, but yeah, so I, I liked Modoc. Wonder if they could have done a bit more with him, but that's the problem of mm-hmm. having Kang in your film. Set up Kang fantastically. I love the ending where, like, you know, it's, it's all positive vibes, and he's like, but wait, what if you know, there's more yeah. Kangs? What if that was I fun? Love that. that was really that good. That was such a good energy to that. Mm. I love that there's a potential for Ant Man 4. The director said he likes the idea of a full trilogy. Oh, but, you really? know, maybe they'll do another one with Ant without Man. I don't know if they will in the mm. end. But I, I After hope this, it means I, we get, I doubt it. I, I want Ant Man to come back in like Kang Dynasty. And I want to have will. that dialogue of being like, I've fought him before, blah, 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 blah. Apparently, yeah. there's a rumor going around that Tom Holland's going to be the lead in Kang Dynasty. That's like a rumor that's floating around at the minute. Oh. So his Spider Man will be like the front of the Avengers or something. Which, you know, very I'm, young. I'm all for, if that's the case. I'm all for Tom Holland being at the front, you know? I don't know. I was kind of looking forward to him being more low-key and, like, a street level. No, we've got low-key. We don't, we don't need, we don't need Tom, Tom Holland to be low-key as well. Which, speaking of, and credit scenes, speaking of. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, Ooh. before I saw the film, I was spoiled that MODOK would die and that Kang and Loki oh, were involved yeah. in the end credit scenes. So that was not epic. Yeah, you sent that to me. You're like, great. <laughs> yeah, great. so the... the, the, the I the, know this happens. The surprise of Loki was not a surprise to me. But my mum was surprised, and that was nice, especially when Mobius showed up. She was like, oh, it's Mobius as well. Like, both of them. She's like, hey! And I was like, yay, it's hey. great. So Woo. I'm glad I didn't know Mobius was in it, so that was also a nice little bit. But I kind of guessed, because oh, I remember good. seeing them on the set of Loki, like in yeah. tuxedos, and they were filming in London by like a, a, a restaurant or a cinema or something. So seeing him there in the posh outfit and then seeing Mobius with him, I'm like, oh, so that's probably from... Yeah, okay, cool, cool. Yeah. Uh, but am I the only one who thought the mid credit scene was a bit, a bit too much for me? Yeah. The, the, I didn't the, like the, it. The lead, the lead <laughs> Kangs, apparently, like the Amon Ra and stuff like that, are like big Kang characters. But just, I, I, I think less is more. I think I was mm. more, more interested by Jonathan Majors and Loki saying, you know, wait till you see my other variants, as opposed to just seeing mm. a bunch of random Kangs appear out of nowhere in one big court, jumping around, and setting that up as a threat. Because a lot of them were dead, dead goofy. That kind of ruined the threat a little bit for me. Yeah, 
They'll get it back, don't like. I've no doubt they'll get the medicine oh, yeah. threat back. But just that scene just left a strange first impression. Yeah, it gave, it was more SNL sketch than threatening, <laughs> in my opinion. Pedro Pascal but, shows him and goes, "Let's go." Yeah, you know? <laughs> let's go. It's a me, man. But yeah, um, but yeah. So overall, I would quantum mania about an eight out of ten. There are a few things I think were a little bit weaker. I don't feel mm-hmm. like it had all of the elements of an Ant Man film specifically but I liked a yep. lot of what they did with the film. I really liked the arc right the way through. I love Cassie with, with Scott. Just a bit more Wasp could have been nice, but I guess mm. they've spent more time on Cassie and they didn't want to have to balance two female leads with Ant-Man, I guess, or something. I don't know what the logic was there, but I still really liked it for what it did. And I think the critics are being far too harsh, personally. Has your score at all changed from chatting to me or are you still sticking with a 6.5? No, I'm, I'm sticking to 6.5. I think it's just below a 7. I could almost argue a 6.75, but that is my final offer, Your Honor. Oh, okay. I think a 6.85 would be great, personally. 6.8 Maybe even a 6.9. 69%. No. No. Naughty boy. I just... just, The number 69... What's wrong with 69? Nothing. Right, so why are you saying I'm naughty? Maybe you're being naughty, Crispy. Are you thinking of something rude? I'm... I'm not being... What, so what thank you, you all very much for listening to special episode four of... Oh, wow, okay, well, there goes the ending. <laughs> just put a little bit of music in. He had to include the soundboard. He had to include Sorry. it. Well, just are you once. planning on watching again anytime soon, or are you just going to wait for it to come on Disney Plus? No, I'll have to wait until it comes. I need to watch Knock at the Cabin. I've got other things I need to watch, and Scream 6 is just around the corner. I'm very excited yeah. for that. My mom is now very General interested Ortega. in that, really, because General Ortega's in it. Yep, yep. Yeah. I have seen two more episodes of Wednesday, and I haven't seen the rest oh. still. It's so difficult oh. finding time for stuff, man. I'm oh, working. Man. I'm making sure I'm there for the Last of Us, but everything else is a challenge. Yeah, it's oh, funny. I mean, since my mum like, oh, you know, I might watch the episodes without you, and now I feel like there's an unspoken thing. Whenever I'm watching it, I need to be with my mum because she wants to no, watch well, the game with me. Blah, blah, blah. So we'll, we'll we'll get that. It's an we'll unbreakable bond, mate. It is. It is unbreakable. It's you know, it's, it's Joel and Ellie. Except I'm not a dad, and she's not swearing every two minutes. There it is. Yeah, sure. Good and stuff. she hasn't been bitten by a zombie or an infected person. Anyway, speaking of which, we'll see you all in special episode number five in about three weeks' time, maybe four weeks' time. Three, hang on. By the time this comes out, episode six will have come out. Three so weeks. Seven, eight, nine. Well, that depends on if you watch it. Like, if we record it, we could record it right now in three weeks' time if yeah, you see yeah. it as soon as you come yep. home. Yeah, I'll make sure. I'll, oh, I'll there make we sure. go. The finale of Last of Us is only 40 minutes. So it'll be easier to work. It's only what forty. It's it's the shortest episode of the series. Yeah, forty one minutes. Funny they do that. All right, but well, I that mean, works as in my, people who've played the game, case. I kind of I can kind of see I can kind of see how they fit that into forty minutes, especially when you watch episode six. They got through a lot of plot in that episode. I will say that much. A lot right, of plot, right. and it didn't I'll feel like it was rushed. It. it was well done. Oh, good. So in three weeks' time, we'll talk right. about Last of Us as a full series. I'm very excited for that. I'm very excited. See you then. I'm very, very excited. See you then. Our first yeah. non-Marvel review. I know. Crazy. Crazy. But apart from that, <laughs> thank you all very much. Well, hey, we could have done like Black Adam, but you didn't watch it when it came out, you know? No, I'm glad I didn't. But that's another story. Oh, really? Black oh. Adam was decent. It wasn't bad. Oh. I have the Steelbook right here, and I haven't watched it again yet, and I was planning to. I need to I need to watch it, you know? Need to watch it. Telling the watch man in black section whatever the line was or something. Yeah, watch Wednesday first. Wednesday first. But apart from that, we're going to go and record episode forty-nine of the podcast now, or forty-eight. Yep. Forty-eight. So thank you very much for listening to special episode number four, all three of you, and we'll uh... <laughs> <laughs> now, give it a like. Right. We will Comment see you all. Something. Indeed, we'll see you all with episode forty-eight in four days' time. Bye, everyone. We're not Al- we can't Alan Z. What do we say? What do we say? Anton we Z. Say, there we go. Uh, Anton Z. Oh, my goodness watch out for the little guy exactly look out for the little guy and look out for the little goodbye bye bye